Hello, deadly people. Welcome to Rising, Thriving, and Vibing Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Tipwin, a digital creator, entrepreneur, and a deadly auntie. This show is about healing, humor, and deadly vibes. Here to rise, thrive, and vibe together. Hello, friends. I'm glad you're back for your weekly dose of deadliness. Y'all, I'm set up in my studio, aka my room. I got my lawn chair with me, my notebooks, and also I have water with me because you got to stay hydrated. No jars today for the Cree word, but I do have my notebook and I'm going to just like randomly select a word for this week. What's today's episode about? Today... I want to talk about healing from trauma, the old mindsets, impacts of current behavior, and learning to move forward. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on for this episode, and let's get to it! I gave a little oomph to that one. Anyways, updates! Last week, I had a job interview. I mentioned it on my last episode that I was like going for a job interview on the day of the, of the posting. Anyways... So it was for a youth worker position. The interview went really well. Like it was good conversation that lasted over an hour. Two people interviewed me, different perspectives. Like, I don't know, it was very good conversation talking about my experience and all that good stuff. Anyway, I got told that I would get notified on Monday if I got it or not. But today is Tuesday. So I don't think I got it, (laughs) but it's okay though, right? I'm using it as a sign to keep grinding as a self-employed person and to just like keep going at it. Like I even got asked, you have all these skills and experience. Why be working on the floor? Then that statement question, you know, stood out to me. I'm like, wow. I do have all this experience, all these skills, but why I do what I do is to help people, to help the youth, to help adults. And me working there, that's what I wanted to do. And that was why I chose to work there and not to like just get sent away because I'm too overqualified. You know, I I do get asked those questions when I do these kind of interviews, like for youth worker, childcare positions. That's what I was in originally. That's, you know, I'm used to that kind of work. But nowadays, people are just like, yo, you have this a bachelor's of education. You have this much years of schooling left. Like, why are you choosing this? Like, they kept asking me that too there for a bit. They kept switching it around. Like, yo, why this? Why this company? I'm like, damn. (laughs) Really great conversation that lasted over an hour because I I specifically paid for my parking for over an hour just in case the conversation would go over. And it did. But I got to keep with this journey. I got to get my shit together and I got to grind it out and make an income out of this because I really just be out here striving and vibing with no stable income. Anyway, this past weekend, I gamed out to some Fortnite. The season was ending and I had to get my hours in, so I spent Friday 
Uh, a little bit of Saturday, just because Saturday that was the end of that season. I got booted off at like 11.40 p.m. at night. Then the new season came out on Sunday, so Sunday evening, that's when I gave the new season a try. Do I like the new update? It's alright. I'm already missing... missing? <laughs> I'm already missing my heavy round sniper. It got replaced with the hunter bolt sniper. So I'm like, oh dang, that was... oh I just love that sniper. But it's okay, I gotta learn how to use these new guns that are in the new season. But they're alright. I mean, they're not like new guns, they're old guns from like the OG days. But other than that, I guess I gotta keep getting used to the new update. I do want to play more Warzone, more Modern Warfare. I know that game is coming out, Modern Warfare 2, it's coming out in October. But I don't think I'll have enough room on my PlayStation to even download it just because Modern Warfare already takes up enough storage on my PlayStation. So I think I'll have to wait until I get a PC for that one. But yeah, that's the update for Fort. I also spent time back home. I was also home this weekend while I was also gaming. But I went back home. We had a golf tournament on Saturday and Sunday. All like just the mornings, both times and afternoons. Then I, I was vibing out there. I was helping fam with the golf tournament. I was driving all over the place. I was a babysitter. And I was also keeping track of the score, so that was cool. I was basically just all over the place from this weekend, helping the fam, but in the res kind of thing. Ooh, I also even made a couple TikToks. So that was pretty deadly. Made some with my sister, made some with my nef, and we were just vibing. I didn't even golf at all this season, to be honest. I, I wish I did, but I was just out powering it up. Next year, for sure, I'm going to be golfing. Alright, let's move on to my most asked question. How are you healing today? And if you're a new listener, what I mean by that is, what are you doing to take care of your mental health, either today or from this past week? For me, today, I felt like I needed to get shit done. I responded to my messages and my emails. I even set up a meeting today that I attended, and it was a really great meeting. So that's like another opportunity right there I'm pretty excited for. And basically, I just didn't put things off and just shoved it to the side. I completed stuff. I felt accomplished, especially completing the things that I would usually procrastinate to do. But today, I did not do that. I got shit done. I always have these waves of procrastination and getting shit done. Before, I never used to be able to recognize any signs of burning out or not ca taking care of my mental health. Now, I'm able to see it and I'm able to get out of that funk. It just depends how long I stay down and what I'm feeling. And once I got that all figured out, I'll work on how to get out of this slump, on how to get out of the funk. Lastly, I'm healing by trying to limit my time I spend on my phone. I notice that I constantly scroll, whether that's on TikTok, Facebook, or Instagram, I'm checking my phone to scroll. I also did decrease my time compared to before. 
Now I just want to decrease it more. I used to be on my phone for at least like 12 hours a day before. Then once I noticed that was like way too high to have, I decreased it. And now I average at least eight hours a day. Most of those hours are just me scrolling and I'm just so consumed with it. So starting this week, that's what I'm going to be working on by limiting my time on my phone. Like right now, my phone was in a room. Earlier, I had it in a room, but it was just like so hard for me just not to check my phone because I'm just so used to just picking it up to see the notifications and all this stuff. But now I think I need to turn my notifications off. I'm, I, I put do not disturb on these days. Like, especially when I'm going to bed, I put a do not disturb. I used to always have my phone on silent. Now it's on vibrate. These changes I'm just doing for myself. Because I struggle with, like, commitment issues. Anyways, limiting these hours now is what I want to do. Because I know I get so consumed and just scrolling where it just takes me hours of just nonsense, I guess. Distraction. And it takes me away from my work what I'm actually supposed to be doing because you know I'm a content creator I I'm getting so consumed where I don't record as much TikToks as I used to but then I'm also very busy too so I'm just like learning how to manage everything because I don't know I'm just starting to get more busy and I'm just learning how to manage it especially like being self-employed yeah I gotta learn how to manage everything anyway That is what I'll be working on this week, is limiting my time on my phone. It's definitely a struggle, but I'm hoping I'll pull through and hopefully decrease some hours or just set a limit or some kind of routine that's not going to make me so consumed on social media. Moving on to questions. So I was really debating on what I should talk about today. It was either between healing from trauma or consent and boundaries. Either or, these topics will still be talked about on here. So I chose healing from trauma. September is Suicide Prevention Month. During this time, it provides us an opportunity to increase our awareness and understanding about suicide. For me... I'm a survivor of abuse. I had suicidal thoughts. I even attempted suicide. But I pulled through it. And I feel like I need to talk about this on this episode. And that's why I wanted to focus this episode on healing from trauma. How it impacts us as an adult. And learning how to move forward. Although it's easier said than done but it is possible to heal from your trauma. So to get this started, I'm going to share briefly about my story. And if you're a new listener here, I am a survivor of child sexual abuse and a survivor of re-victimization in my adulthood. I'm going to share about my past, the impacts of my current behavior, and how I'm learning to move forward. So about me... Y'all, I was just struggling because I have like a whole introduction of introducing myself and I have like my titles in there too and (laughs) I just started recording that one. I'm like, oh snap, this is not the about me that I'm supposed to share. (laughs) 
Anyway, what's up, y'all? I am Keisha Tipwan. I'm from Witchkin Lake First Nation, Treaty 6 Territory, and that is out here in Saskatchewan. I grew up in the reserve until I was about 17. I was raised by a single parent and also by my Kukamin Mushum. My dad was not in the picture whatsoever. He was an alcoholic and still to this day he is an alcoholic. And from that I have multiple siblings that I barely even know, but they're out there somewhere. I basically just grew up an only child from my mom, but I also had my cousins, aka my brothers and sisters with me out in the res. I was basically a res kid living my little res kid life. Then something horrible happened. When I was around nine years old, I started to get abused. And if y'all aren't familiar with the statistics, People that get abused are often by people they know. And so I got abused by this person that I trusted, that I seen as a figure, an adult figure to me. I was supposed to be safe with this person. I was in their care with this person. I got lured into the room before. I remember that, you know, with a remote to take to the other room, then I ended up getting locked in that room. Then when I got locked in that room, everything changed once I was let out. I'm not going to go too much into detail because I did share this story a bunch of times, but just due to the fact on how sensitive the information is and and can also trigger others. So this is where I'm going to leave it. But I was nine years old when I went through that abuse. I was going through it alone. I got told to be quiet about it and to not tell anyone. So I kept it a secret for three years. For three years, I was silent. I was battling that shit by myself. And no one knew. And I was experiencing symptoms of abuse. It's just you couldn't see it unless you were educated about it. But yeah, I was dealing with that battle. I didn't know how to cope. You know what I did? I self-harmed. I had an eating disorder. I hated my body. I felt gross in it. And I was dealing with that all by myself until I finally exploded. I finally shared at 12 years old that I was getting sexually abused. It was such a relief off my chest when I shared, but I was also experiencing so much emotion, so much hurt, so much crying. I just wanted it all to end. And I wanted it to end so bad where I attempted suicide. But I got caught just in time. The creator was like, Keisha, we need you here to do the shit that you do now. Nah, just kidding. But after I shared about the abuse, my mom got me the support that I needed. She did her research and found me a therapist. But it was multiple therapists because I couldn't find the right one. I was never comfortable with a therapist until, like, I finally found the right one. Then 
I was going to therapy. I was taking care of myself. My mom was taking care of me. Damn, that pretty much was the start of my healing journey as a kid. I even went to the doctor and got prescribed some antidepressants because I was battling this shit with support finally. I finally had a shoulder to cry on. I finally had arms to hug. I was able to share about my panic attacks, my anxiety, and just the way I was feeling only to a limited conversation because it was very hard for me to express myself back then, but I did what I could. I felt safe and I knew I wasn't alone. Even to this day, I'm still healing from it. It messes you up. It takes your innocence. And I'm still, like, working on myself. Being re-victimized as an adult does not help. But I'm able to work through it. I'm able to talk about it. I'm able to express about it now. It happened in 2020, the re-victimization. I was out with my ex-best friends. We were at our main spot. I was with them too, and they brought one of their friends along. So we were drinking with him as well. Once the club closed, we made it back to my house. I didn't drink too much because obviously I still remember everything until I got to my house. Some reason, I can't remember going to bed. And I didn't even drink that much that night too. I specifically told my friends that I wanted them to sleep in my bed and their friend can just go sleep on my couch. So I went to bed on my bed by myself and that was that. I woke up to their friend next to me. I was like, what the fuck happened? Then I went to the washroom and I seen a hickey on my neck. It was so fucking gross. And I'm sorry for my language, it's just... You can just hear that anger that I still have. Anyways. And that was that. Like, it's crazy how I don't remember anything. Then, shitty part is I had to drive that person back to wherever they were. Because my ex-friends didn't have a vehicle. But once that happened... Like, my friends, my ex-friends kept hanging out with that person. They'd drink with him. They'd be around him while I'm with my ex-friends. They kept him on social medias only until another female exposed his ass. She shared about the assault, then others came forward that he was preying on minors. He was trying to lure these minors in. Or he roofied someone. Then that made me think. I'm like, did did I actually get roofied? I, is that why I can't remember? Because I, I didn't drink that much. But after he got exposed, my friends finally deleted his ass. They only kept him on Snapchat because they wanted to be nosy to see... You know what happened after he got exposed but shit that hurt 
Like, how are y'all supposed to be my friends and get my back when you hang out with the person that assaulted me? That's the freaking thing that was stuck in my head. I'm like, y'all are just sitting next to him like nothing just happened. 2020 was pretty shitty, but it was also very eye-opening. That's when I started the 75 Hard Challenge, and that's when I stopped drinking alcohol. That's where I stopped and made it to I'm quitting alcohol. And that's where I lost my ex-friends too. I left the environment that I was in. I basically just left my old lifestyle. I did try to communicate to my ex-friends though, but I got no response. Which was kind of shitty, because I'm like, we've been friends for like 10 years, and you're giving me no response when I communicate to you. So, I'm taking that as a response. No response is a response. And also, shout out to my therapist for making me communicate my feelings. If it wasn't for you, I probably would not communicate at all. So I'm going to move on to the impacts of my current behavior. As y'all can probably hear, I still have lots of anger. I still have lots of hurt from the re-victimization. From the child sexual abuse, I did a lot of healing. I did a lot of inner work to get where I am to speak on how I speak about it. Alright, so I'm going to move on to the impacts of my current behavior and I want to talk about the impacts that I have from the re-victimization just because it's so fresh and it's very new and I barely even talk about it. One of the impacts that I carried with me was shame. I was so ashamed that it happened again. I didn't want to tell much people, I just I just wanted to keep it to myself, but I knew if I kept it to myself, it would keep building and building until I explode. So I was dealing with that shame. I didn't know how to properly cope, so I did my research and I found myself a therapist. And that's where I was able to talk about the shit that I went through, I even talked about the abuse my past relationship, and also the re-victimization. It was hard to talk about it, but now I'm able to actually share about it. But there's also still pain and anger there that I'm working on and that will take time to work on. I was also in denial where I was saying it only happened once. It's not going to happen again. It wasn't that bad. I just... I don't know, I just, I guess I kept minimizing it and just, I don't know, I just didn't want it to happen again. I just didn't want it to be real, but it did and I did go through it. So I was, I was experiencing all those impacts and still to this day, I'm feeling it. I'm getting through it. That pain is still there, but I'm working through it. It Every day, I'm working on it every day. Some days, I'll have straight crying days. Other days, I'll be good to go and I can just easily share my story. Then there's other days where I just have no energy for anything. Like, the impacts are still there. I'm dealing with boundaries now. Learning how to trust someone. Even learning how to trust friends again. 
and that sense of safety. This is what I'm going through, and I'll know I'll get through it. Alright, I'm going to move on to how I'm able to move forward. And I feel like for me, it's the support system coming from my family to finding a therapist, to finding like my online resources, to my TikTok family. That support system is amazing and I'm so grateful for all the people that are there to support me. I'm also a really bad overthinker where I can create different scenarios, different situations. I can think about the past, think about new scenarios for the future, and just create all these what-ifs and all these things. So how I deal with the overthinking, especially if it's late at night and all these thoughts are on my mind, I journal. I journal through writing. If I don't have a book, I'll say it out loud and record it on my phone. If I don't want to do that, I will exercise. I will punch a pillow. I will scream in a pillow. I'll go for a drive, blast music, and I will scream my head off. These are just like coping mechanisms that have helped me release. I'm also able to move forward by being more involved in my culture. I'm learning my language. I'm going to powwows. This winter, I'm going to be going to round dances. And hopefully soon, I'll start getting more involved into ceremonies. Because that's going to help with my healing and that's going to help with me moving forward. For me, I always try new things. Different hobbies, different foods. I always try to introduce myself to new people. I network. I try connect. And this has helped me move forward because I'm putting myself out there. I'm sharing these experiences. I'm able to voice out when I want. I speak my truth even when my voice shakes. I do what I can to heal from my trauma. People heal and deal with their stuff in many ways. And this is just some of my perspective. I know I'll have more to add because the journey is every day and I'm learning more coping mechanisms, more ways on how I can share, more ways on how I can heal and move forward. And I'm also just learning how to rest and take care of me, learning how to relax and recharge. And with that, I'm going to move on to Cree Word of the Week. So for this week, I do not have mason jars in place just because nothing is cut up. I have them all written in my notebook though, right beside me. I'm just going to randomly select a word and we will go from there. I only have three themes on me, which is siblings, house pets, and body parts. Those are the three themes that I have right now. I will be working on a fourth soon. So... For this week's Cree word is, let me just circle this paper of mine and just randomly select a word. Okay, so the Cree word of the week is nimis, nimis. This falls under the sibling theme. Nimis is my older sister. Gimis, gimis is your older sister. So this is Cree word of the week. Nimis, 
my older sister, Gimis, your older sister. Thank you all for being here. I appreciate it. And I will catch you all on the next episode. Thank you to those that listen. I appreciate you all. If you want to stay updated, please give a follow at Rising, Thriving, and Vibing Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Stay deadly, and I'll catch you all on the next episode.